want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit? Are you in need of an uplifting message? It's time for today's Uplift, encouraging words and biblical truths to help you find freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey guys, I'm back. Bill's back. <laughs> yeah, I apologize for not being able to meet last week. Um, I know, Chad, you had mentioned what was going on. I was meeting a, a couple. Um, the biggest part of that was, though, that whatever I ate for dinner didn't agree with me. I, I got back a little bit late for recording, but then I was in awful pain for a couple hours. So um, just had to step away for the night. But you guys did a wonderful job. I, I thought it was fantastic um worth watching again i believe tales from the prayer line love that robert always does a great job i'm just gonna look at <laughs> now remember what happened a couple weeks ago when you said that that's right <laughs> you carried right. us that night you humility humility is is the best my best thing that i've got that i can bring <laughs> <laughs> well you know speaking of what we bring i thought tonight maybe we'd all take a few minutes and just share a little testimony about something that God has done for us, something that might help others in some way. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That okay. sounds, you know, we all take maybe 10 right. minutes and then we can discuss a little bit afterwards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and start if that's okay. Now, I know I could probably talk for the entire time about what God's done for me, but I want to pick just one thing that, though it happened, gosh, it's been almost 20 years now that it started, I constantly go back to it and am still learning from it. It was such a, it was a trying experience, but it was also a growing experience. And, you know, when God does things like that, allows you to go through things like that, like Job. What a trying experience, but what a learning experience for him and us, too. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, we'll start in 2003. So it has been 20 years. Um, company I was working for bought another company. I'm not going to mention any names, but there was a person who worked at this other company that we bought. I noticed that he had, and Chad, you may have heard this before, they had, he had these um, cords hanging off his the front and back of his um of his jeans and I, I knew the term but i couldn't remember what it was and so i went up to him i said hey are you jewish i, I can't remember what those things are called and he said zitzitz i said yeah that's it i said are you jewish he goes no i'm messianic i said can you explain that so he did and he explained what he meant by messianic that he was a christian he gave up christianity and he became messianic is what he said so immediately i thought cult <laughs> but anyway i i started listening to this guy and he was feeding me all kinds of information for like six months and then in 2004 um i was at the point in my life i was 2004 i was 34 yeah 34 <clears throat> so i was at the point in my life where i wanted to know god better i wanted to really dig in more and so I listened to him and he filled my head with lots of stuff about um, the Hebraic, Hebraic, the Hebraic roots of Christianity. I knew Jesus was a Jew, 
I, I understood the, the Jewish people. I didn't understand the difference between Judah and Israel. And a lot of people don't. There was a civil war in first Kings. And God said, I'm separating 10 tribes and two tribes. And anyway, so I learned all about all that. And next thing you know, um, telling my then wife, who's no longer my wife, <clears throat> we're not celebrating Christmas. And oh boy, and the reason we weren't celebrating Christmas is because it was pagan. And, and I was letting him fill my head with all these things. The good part of it was I learned a great deal about the Hebraic roots of Christianity, which are very important. Mm -hmm. um, I learned how to better understand what Paul was saying in, in Romans and first Corinthians and, in all of his letters, I learned better what Jesus was saying. I learned the old Testament better, but what I, what the problem was, was that I was letting man involve himself in what I was learning too. And some of the teachings weren't quite biblical, um, biblically based, but I don't, I kind of reject the things that I was taught. Not that I reject them fully. I still often sometimes wonder, but um, I've really come to a greater understanding now because it deepened my relationship with God going through that. I was like, God, I'm confused. Which, which, which way is right? You know, is it the church or is it the, this Hebraic movement or what's, what's right, what's wrong? And so God, over many years, and still is, has been explaining it all to me. And basically, if you ask me, well, well tell us, Phil, what, what, what is it all about? It's about a relationship with God. <laughs> That's what it really boils down to, is your relationship with God is more important than what we realize. And that's why I wrote the book, 40 on 70. Um, one, because I wanted to write a book. Since I was in 10th grade, I wanted to write a book. And, and I had this idea that I believe God placed on my heart to, to write about a man who strengthens his relationship with God while he travels 40 days on Interstate 70. And you can buy it on Amazon, 40 on 70 by Philip D. Bliss. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, there's a lot more to it, but he really taught me that the most important thing for me anyway, was to just focus on my relationship with him. And he would take his, in his generosity, I think this is how it is. Paul says it in Romans chapter one or chapter two, verse four, I think it is basically in all of his generosity and his grace he is taking what you are as a sinful person and turning you into something more his patience leads you to to repentance um and it was just phenomenal it was painful because i was isolating my family um i was confused i didn't know what to do had a real bad identity crisis back then too as far as who I was in Christ. Um, no, I understand that a lot better now, but that even has only come in the last four or five years. So from like 2004 until 2006. Now, the really interesting thing about it is, is that it was um, 36 months exactly from the beginning to the end. It was from the first day I first from the day I first said, okay, I'm interested. I want to learn more until I said to him, look, I don't think we should converse anymore. And we haven't talked since it was exactly three years. Um, 
or I'm sorry, three and a half years, three and a half years. It was, what is that? 42 months. That's what it was, 42 months. So the reason I bring up 42 is that's a very popular number, especially like in the book of Revelation for time, times and a half time. All kinds of things take place in 42 months. It seems to be like a trial period for a lot of people. Um, so that's why I related it to that. But um, I still celebrate Christmas. I understand Christmas a lot better now. I understand Hanukkah a lot better too. But ultimately, I gave up the messiness of the messianic movement to have a stronger, deeper relationship with God. So I could go on, but I'm, I said I would keep it to less than 10 minutes, and that's been about eight or nine right there. So, Wow. I heard I had heard that story before. Yeah, I thought you had. But it, it's interesting because, you know, even though, uh, how should we say it? Like you might have kind of gotten off the path per se. You've God found you back on the path. Absolutely. As far it's as weird. he's concerned, I was never off the path. I was just, I was very much in front of him. Um wasn't walking with him. I was walking in front of him and he never left me. Mm -hmm. Even though at times I felt like he did, he never left me. He was there with me the whole time. Yeah. And he was glad when you slammed on the brakes and waited for him to catch up. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then a few years later, I just got ahead of him again. And... <laughs> I would never imagine that from you, Phil. No, I know. <laughs> The Energizer Bunny, we 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 got to throw the boat anchor out on you a little bit once in a while. <laughs> yeah. There seems to be a, a reoccurring theme. Right? Yeah, yeah. Phil, yeah. Phil, Phil moves fast. <laughs> Phil I have been slowing fast. down though, and not because of my age either. <laughs> You're not I that old, Phil. Down. You're not that old. No, I know. No, I'm not. I, I used guess... to think 53 was old, but oh my goodness, it's not old anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. There's, there's, there's a, <laughs> There was a girl that worked for me and and she was in her mid twenties and or early twenties, maybe let's say she was like 24. And she was like, I just can't imagine life after 30. Like, I just can't imagine anybody <laughs> what they do when, after they turn 30. And I looked at her and I said, yeah. well, I said, lo and behold, I said, people live into their seventies and eighties. <laughs> a lot of people live into their nineties. So, yeah. you know, yeah. your, your perspective will change, you know, it's amazing yep. to me how much younger people get all the time. Every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Kids these days. <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. All right, who's yeah. going next? I'll go next. I'll okay. go next because I'm and the reason why is because I'm I'm the I'm not only am I in the middle of my screen as I look, so like Phil, you're on top, I'm in the middle, Robert's on the bottom on my screen that I'm looking at, but I'm also like the middle link between you guys because you know, like I'm I'm the common thread, you know. Yeah. That I'm the one that knows both of you for better or worse. So you are the link. You're the link. You're the, the missing link. link. Which <laughs> missing link. I'm the, yeah, I'm the missing link. Which is my testimony. So my <laughs> my, my testimony that is my testimony. So my testimony is that um and if there's anybody from our church they and, and they heard the sermon I gave about hmm. um the 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 uh oranges the uh orchard uh grove. yeah the orange well i called it the orchard and you called it the orange grove oh i got it wrong 
You got it wrong. But I didn't say nothing because, you know, it's it, there's not a whole lot of difference between an orchard and an orange grove. I am so sorry. All these years, I didn't know. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> well, I okay. guess only a year, but. Yeah, it's okay, Phil. I, we don't hold it against you. I'm going to go back and change it's it. Your, it's your advanced age. We just, <laughs> it's your advanced age. Uh-huh. You sound like my brother. Yeah. No, so my my testimony is when I was 15 years old, the guy who's below me on the screen, Robert, uh, introduced me to Jesus. And uh, we we were, you know, as we've talked about on here before, Robert and I were really, we're cousins, but we were close friends, you know, growing up. We pretty well did most everything together. I definitely did not run cross country, but <laughs> most every wise choice. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was about 300 pounds in high school. So, uh, other than if I would have chose to play the offensive line in football, that would have been about my only the only sport I would have ever participated in, or an eating contest maybe if they would have had those. But yeah. you know. but no. So my my testimony is Robert led me to to Jesus when I was 15 years old, and then he left for college. So <laughs> so. Uh, it, it it was funny, but, um, you know, so, you know, that summer I read the Bible from cover to cover and like every day I'd get up in the morning and do what I had to do, read the Bible all day. So that summer when I was 15 years old, uh, I read the whole Bible from cover to cover. Uh, Robert went off to college and uh, I said, well... I don't understand anything in this book. So I went and laid it down. And uh, th that that was mostly that for a while. But when it came time to start dating women, when I you know, graduated school and became an you know, adult and all that sort of thing, it definitely influenced my choice in women. So that's why I ended up with my wife, Kathy, is because um, even though... I, let's just say I really didn't have a good prayer life at all. And I certainly wasn't living the Christian life that I do now or making the choices that I do now in a lot of ways. Uh, I really felt God speaking to me about my choice of a wife or, you know, who to date. So uh, that's really the big part of my testimony is, is that, you know, and and um, even though I wasn't living the life at all that I should have been, uh, you know, God was still there behind the scenes. Like, you know, like Phil said, he got way out ahead of God. Well, I, I won't say that I was on the path out ahead of God. I wasn't in the, anywhere on the path, but God was still speaking to me. He never left me. He was still speaking to me saying, you need to pick this girl and marry her. And then, so thankfully, Kathy was very instrumental in getting me back on the path against my own stubbornness, hmm. uh, with God's help, I'm sure. But Kathy was very, my wife Kathy was very instrumental in getting me back on the path. And um, it took a long, long time. And uh, so fast forward to the last two years or so, um, I've been battling a lot of things, battling a lot of uh, health issues and battling uh, a lot of, you know, just all kinds of stuff, depression and anxiety and all these things. 
And, I, you know, up until about, I'm going to say three years ago or so, I really was not living a spirit-led life. I mean, I was going to church and I was listening to what Phil was putting down. And, uh, you know, I'd read a little bit. But, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, I wasn't really in tune with the Lord. I was just kind of going through the motions. And uh, about whatever it was, let's, I'm going to say three years ago, but it, it was just before the pandemic. So I guess it was a little longer than that now, but maybe four years. Um, But so the Lord the Lord was working to get me back on the track, you know, as was Kathy. And, you know, Kathy planted seeds. We, we've been talking recently on this program about planting seeds. Kathy had been planting seeds for a long time with me to, to, you know, really start living a good spiritual life. Well, those all materialized. But so now my story is, you know, uh, over the past couple of years, the Lord, has walked me on just an incredibly deep learning process of healing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and a lot of it, frankly, has been selfish because uh, I've, I've been battling health issues and not feeling well at all. And, um, and all those things and God's walking me on that and teaching me all these things. And I stand in faith. And in full belief that the healing power of the Lord is within all of us. And I just, my flesh hasn't received it yet, but it will. I, I just stand in faith for it. Phil's told me that. Kathy's told me that. Um, and not batted one eye. Uh, I just feel like I'm not, I've not learned everything the Lord wants me to learn. And he's walking me on a path. And so that's been the last couple of years. And, and I mean, the number of hours per day that I spend um, reading scripture, listening to sermons and teachings is just unbelievable for the past couple of years. And it, I, I don't know where this will end, but I know it's not for nothing. You know, I, I know that God doesn't put somebody on the on a path of learning and, and seeking information about all these things and have it come to nothing. So where will that go? I don't know. I've prayed and I've planted seeds for all these things. And I don't think God's done with me yet. And uh, that Jeremiah 29, 13 that Robert corrected me on last week, I think that that's still pretty powerful. And I think that'll be powerful until the day that Jesus comes back for all of us or that we go to meet him, one or the other. But that's my testimony in a nutshell. Very good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand the ball off to Robert. Okay. Wow. Now. So I'm going to try to condense this because 10 minutes, I know they say you're supposed to have a, a two minute testimony. I'm going to do my best to condense this. It's like the fastest three minutes in football, like with my testimony is like the two minute, the fourth quarter, two minutes that last 
for you know three hours, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right. So, and by the way, Phil, I've been reading that book. I I've received it. Okay. And, and I know I know what's going on here. Every every one of us is on Interstate seventy. That's what it is. Yep. That's you're that's right. What's going on, right? So yep. everybody's on the journey. Everybody shares the testimony of their journey with the Lord. You're right. So, so let me tell you about my journey here. Here it is. I, I did not grow up uh, in church or understanding church. Um, I, I grew up um, and this is, this is kind of hard to say, but I grew up as an abused child. I cannot remember. I can remember occasionally um, moments of physical abuse, but it was extreme mental abuse. And so uh, I, one of the examples, for instance, like everything I, I did, it was always wrong. I could never do anything right. My dad gave me a nickname of that. I was, I don't know if you remember Dudley do right on the, uh, the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my nickname was Dudley do wrong. Oh. And so, so that was, that was the nickname that I was given. And, and man, it was just, I did as much as I could do to please my father. And it was always wrong. My father always had one reaction to everything. He was always angry. Always. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter if something went well. He was always angry. And so life, what, what I grew up learning was life was about pain and anger. And I, I had worked really, really hard uh, for 17 years of my life. And I thought to myself, and I'll just give you a little testimony here. Like my, my oldest sister, Melissa, uh, she ended up, she was actually on, on what we would call nerve pills, anxiety medicine at 11, which somebody probably should have had a light bulb go off on that one, right? What 11 year old needs anxiety medicine. And, uh, and, uh, I remember being around 12 years old and I, I would, I was kicking around the idea of suicide. I, I, I went as far as holding a gun to my head, actually thinking about, actually thinking about it. Uh, and so uh, just by that age already, I knew that I didn't want to live in a life that was just pain and anger, but I couldn't see any other purpose, right? I had grown up finding out that man, life was just about work that you hate. You work for 30 years, you, you either retire or die. And I thought to myself, that's horrible. Like who cares to live that out? And so, uh, and so that's, I I worked really hard for 17 years of my life. I I was ready to retire when it was time for me to go to off to college. And, uh, and I remember we make a joke about it now, but we go to Cracker Bro and I'm like, all those good tools that they hang on the wall, like, I've used that and used that and used that. <laughs> and so uh, just a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff about my past. I can't remember that my sisters remember. Uh, so I think that that's probably some grace of the Lord there. And what had happened is my only memory of church, my only memory of anything doing with God is my mother taking us to church once and my father got really upset about this. He made her choose between him and God. And she, of course, decided to stop going to church. Wow. And so uh, and so my only memory of church is, is lying and cheating so that I could get a free Bible. Hmm. Really? 
Yeah. I still have that Bible today. It was a red King James Bible and I lied to get it. I cheated to get it. I have a feeling that that Sunday school teacher probably went, I'm going to give this Bible to this kid. (laughs) (laughs) There's probably some wisdom there, right? Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so, uh, so I lied and cheated to get it, but it was, what was interesting is God used that later on because what had happened is after all that time, I really couldn't find a purpose for life. I, I really, I wasn't courageous enough to commit suicide. And so what happened is I started turning that outward. I started becoming violent. And I was looking for things to destroy or kill. I was becoming the devil. So I was becoming. And so um, all this time, though, I thought I was a good person. Right. So I like hate every person that ever existed thinking I'm a good person. Right. Uh, Jeremiah declares everybody thinks they're good in their own heart. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, so that's what that was me. And I was just hateful, evil. I started cussing. I just was full of rage. I had a massive amount of anger in my life because of my life. And I didn't know what to do with it. Uh, I started I, I even started cutting myself. Uh, so I, I actually remember carving an X on my arm and, and, and I realize now why like people cut themselves that like, I understand why they do it because if you don't have an emotional release, you take it out on your body. Mm. And so somehow the pain you inflict on yourself creates a release. Mm. Hmm. And so what's what was happening is I started doing that. And so I was just in a terrible place. I think the enemy had had plans for me and uh, and it was not going to be good. It was not going to be good stuff. I I was fantasizing about even and and I'm ashamed to say it, but I was even fantasizing about murdering my parents and trying to figure out how to get away with it. Mm. Um, Just terrible, terrible, terrible life and uh, terrible thoughts. I was I was corrupt corrupts and at that point right at kind of that breaking moment right at the point where you're going to decide what you're going to do with your life right my sisters something started happening with my sisters where my my oldest sister she was in college they started playing with the ouija board and in playing with the ouija board started becoming um dangerously close i think to possession and uh they were playing and they ended up, none of them could sleep. Everyone that was messing with the board and they, they had spiritual involvement in their life without Christ. Mm-hmm. And it so happened that she ended up going to a campus crusade for Christ event. And the person at the event pulled their names out and warned them what was coming. Well, my sister got saved at that event. Mm-hmm. She wasn't going to go. None of us were very uh, spiritual. I had one sister that's kind of spiritual and she kept wondering if she was going to go to hell. We just thought she was crazy. And (laughs) and so we just kept going about our lives. But what happened is that my other sister went to for visitation there and then she got saved. And I didn't know it, but they were praying for me and they came home on the night before Thanksgiving, shared the gospel with me. And at that moment, without actually being, you got to understand at this point in my life, my heart was so hard. I, I didn't have any emotions. Like I still struggle with that today. Like concepts of grace and like mm-hmm. mercy. I struggle with those concepts. 
right? I, I'm great on like vengefulness. The problem is that's not God's desire for us, right? So I'm like, okay, I can't do that, right? And so, uh, so grace and mercy are difficult concepts. They're not naturally occurring for me. And so what I, what the Lord had to teach me that over time, right? But they shared the gospel with me and I received Christ. I realized that was the purpose. But I couldn't feel, I couldn't feel anything. And, and I, I mean, I literally could not feel. My heart was literally the heart of stone. I had received Christ with confession and belief. And that night I prayed over and over and over and over for Christ to come into my life. Because I couldn't feel, I couldn't feel anything. And uh, of course, he was faithful. He's faithful to his word. He he came into my life. That mm-hmm. Thanksgiving was the first Thanksgiving. I, I I actually had a smile on my face. I actually was joyful, and I couldn't explain it. Like I was just happy. And I was like, "What is happening?" All right. Uh, the Lord was leading me through steps at that point of you know immediately God's going to start moving on you to start doing things and. I had no desire to do anything in life. I had tried lots of things. My dad was good at teaching me how to do a lot of stuff. I was a jack of all trades, but master of none. But I hated everything I did. Work was not fun in any way, shape, or form. And I thought to myself, I still didn't want to, you know, have a terrible, boring life, like of work. And so the Lord started dealing with me about, about learning about him. And I realized, you know, I didn't know anything about him. What was cool that the Lord did is after I had received him, I actually prayed that God would help me to cry, that he would help me to learn to cry, like actually feel again. So the Lord started this process of changing my heart. And he used the Bible that I had stolen and lied to get. All of a sudden, that book that I couldn't stand and couldn't read, I pulled that off my shelf. It was the only Bible I had. I pulled that off the shelf, and I was able, and I just had this. I I can't explain it. If like if you gave a meal to a starving man, and you just said, I'm going to feed you until you're full. And I just read the entire New Testament, and I read all the way through the Pentateuch before the hunger died, before it was gone. And I mean, I just read the whole thing and I retained it. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. And and so I I wanted to serve the Lord. So I decided to go to Christian college and learn about the Lord. I decided that was the one purpose. That was the one thing I wanted to do. And I knew it was going to cost me a lot. And it was like, but there's nothing else in my life I care about. I literally had no other care. And, And I told my parents that. I told my father that. And my father looked at me and the first thing he said, he said, well, we're not taking you. I said, that's okay. God's got a plan. He's going to figure it out. And sure enough, that's that's what happened. And so what? long story short, over the years, God has really taught me a lot. Uh, and that's, this is where it comes to where God was my psychiatrist. You've heard me say several times about this. Yeah. Where God spent those college years while other kids were, you know, figuring out how to rebel against Christianity. I was trying to figure out how to follow it. And how to how to follow the Lord. And the Lord was just spend hours with me, just really peeling back the heart of stone, like chiseling away. And one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is I had to go back to my father 
And, and I prayed, I've prayed for years. I was like, Lord, I want to give the gospel to my entire family. And, and I prayed for years about this. And what had happened is uh, I had, he started dealing with me about forgiveness. And I had to go back to my father and I had to look him in the face and I had to tell him, I had to say to my dad that, Hey dad, I've hated you for years and I want you to forgive me for that. Mm. And, and it changed our relationship. Like God was like, cause I was looking for him to change. I was like, God, he's the one, right? Like I have these offenses against me, but when you do that and you start reading scripture, you start realizing that doesn't fly with the Lord. Doesn't matter what somebody else has done to you, you are to love them. And my fault was hating my father. Hmm. And so so I had to go and ask forgiveness for that. And then of course years later my grandmother died and she was really kind of the only righteous branch in the family until we had gotten saved. And, and she would read her Bible every day on the porch. I just kind of ignored it, not realizing she was probably praying for us. <laughs> right. And, mm-hmm. And uh, at her funeral, her request was, the family's request was that I would do the funeral. Mm-hmm. And the whole family was there. And Chad, if you remember that funeral, I gave the gospel. I started in Genesis. I remember it very well. Yeah. And I, I gave the gospel. And that was that was God's answer to my prayer of being able to give the gospel to the whole family. So God is, is clearly faithful. But there came there was a moment in my life where I switched allegiance. And I had to actually kind of let let my father go and i I remember that moment clearly too where um there was a couple of things there there was a couple of things that happened one i had to let my dad go in the sense of i had to i had to love jesus more than my family Mm -hmm. i had to be willing to take the journey if i wasn't willing to take the journey i wouldn't be here where i am today because it was a journey that God was going to put me on to be healed. But I could not stay in the environment I was in and be healthy. It was too toxic. And so the Lord had to take me out of that. It's like taking you out of the mud and the mire to wash yeah. you off. Yeah. Well, if you just leave the mud and the mire, you can wash the person off all you want. It just gets back on them. Right? Like you have to, there's a place in your life sometimes where you have to re- be removed out of that. And that was that was those years at college. But I remember I was up on look overlooking the whole property. And I just told the Lord, I said, you know, that was my whole life, everything I knew. And uh, and we live like my parents still live like nobody else. Like they are homesteaders in a modern day world. And and uh, and I remember looking over that property, telling the Lord, God, I've tried to please my father for years. And I'm, I'm done doing that. He's he doesn't. That's not going to work, and that's not what he needs. He needs you. So every everything I've given to my dad, everything, every desire, every uh, every physical attempt, all my energy, everything I've done for my dad, I'm giving to you. I will do all of that for you. I will give everything I've got. And God has told me, he's held me to that. 
uh, ever since. And he's led me to hard places and sometimes places where I'm going, God, I don't appreciate this place I'm in. Right. Like, but it's, but it's always, it's, it's see the, the thing was the allegiance. I, I gave my allegiance totally. And uh, the other thing was of uh, Satan. Uh, I had to be delivered from the enemy. I had addictions in my life. Uh, Satan was using things in my life as addictions, ways of escape. Um, I was using, uh, you know, my imagination and ways of escape, different ways of sex, sexual sins, all, all kinds of stuff. I had addictions in my life. It took me years to break out of that through Christ. But one of the one of the interesting things, as soon as I had gotten saved, I had a dream. And you guys can kind of take this or leave this. But I'm just telling you, that I've only had a few spiritual dreams in my life. And I think this was one of them. I had a dream that and the enemy came to me in that dream. And. I think he was a little disappointed at what had happened. And I remember watching it in the dream. I had watched a car go down the road. I was playing in the yard, watched a car to go down the road. And I, and I remember the car came back up the drive, had gone to like, it was going to Chad's house. And then it came back up the road. And I remember I, I had a football in my hand. And for some reason, I just threw this football and, and smashed the window on this car. I was like, what am I doing? Like, why would I do that? Right. Like, and then the, this figure that opened this car, it reminded you of the way picture uh, the pictures you see of aliens, big, dark eyes. <laughs> and this creature picks up this ball and hands it to me. Said, hey, you dropped this. I, I looked at the ball and it had six, six, six on it. Mm. And I and I immediately started leaving the situation. I said, no, we're not doing this. And I started leaving and see before this, I really do think the enemy had plans because I was actually having night terrors, nightmares. I was murderous in my thoughts. I mean, it, it was bad. Like I was not going to have a good end. And, and all of a sudden that, that changed. And in this dream, he, start, he just kept chanting the number six, 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 six. And all I knew at the time, I just, I had no idea. I was a new believer. And all I could say was seven, 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 because I had heard that was God's number, right? Yeah. And I, and that's all I could say. And I noticed it made him mad, so I just kept saying it back. And he had gotten he it got him so flustered and so mad that he looked at me and he said, "You better keep praying." And then he just kind of closed this shade, and he was gone. And I had I woke up. Hmm. Mm. And uh, and I just remember that, and it's just. Everything in my life at that point was changing. God had had led me to a transformation and all throughout college led me to a transformation. And even to this day, I still love the Lord's word. I still love him. Do everything I can to just be in his kingdom. There is I still find no other greater purpose than than the Lord. Amen. And, uh, you know, so. So, yeah. So that's wow. that's a bit of my testimony right there of of what the Lord has done. So. So, you know, it's kind of like this. Anything that I consider a success is is only a success if the Lord's in it, right? It's mm -hmm. The thing that was successful is the Lord able to take my life and and actually do something with it. That's wow. It. You know, um, I I can relate a lot to that because I lived a lot of that too. I didn't put that in my testimony tonight. I kind of started later in life, but from the time I accepted Christ until I started walking with the Lord, a lot of that stuff in my life too. Yeah. And 
had terror nightmares and screaming at night and Mm -hmm. from the from my like early years until i was in college um that's when i started walking with the lord just after college and that's when they started going away so yeah i can relate to that absolutely absolutely yeah wow the most memorable dream that i ever had of a spiritual nature was we this was probably 20 years ago now Kathy and I've been married for just a couple of years and uh, I had this dream where she was standing next to me and she just, she just drifted away and became smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. You can't see my hand, but uh, she just became smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and she just disappeared. And I woke up and I was really freaked out about that. I thought, what does this mean? And the Lord said, you need to get right with me. Mm. Yeah. And mm. I thought that it had to do with my wife, Kathy, because she was the one in it. But I've since realized it very well could represent the bride of Christ mm. church that I was just, I, that, that I was drifting away from the church or the church was drifting away from me. And, you know, at that point, I didn't really have much of a relationship with God. Again, this was probably 20 years ago. And I was just kind of just drifting along. But I I felt God really speak to me, and it, it startled me. It, 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 it awoke in me. And I won't say that I became some super Christian at that point, because I certainly didn't. But that always stuck with me, and I always kind of... Um, I thought about that very often through all the years, you know, and mm-hmm. I really believe that it was God saying, you need to get right with me. You're, you're walking, you're not walking in the body of Christ. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, let me, let me mention this, like, cause, cause I think, you know, again, we have this all in common. Everybody that has the, the testimony of Christ has this in common. Jesus, Jesus mm-hmm. saves. Yeah, And I think, you know, we all come from such different walks and such different backgrounds and kind of the uplift of this tonight is that, you know, I think we in our minds, we think we have to get something right before we come to Christ. Yeah. So we have to have something correct. And and my story is like is like, you know, I'm just a I was a full blown pagan Gentile guy who knew, knew nothing of God, hated the world, hated life, you know, just a terrible situation. And Jesus found me. Right. Like I I didn't my it's always kind of funny because like I I didn't um, have any understanding of church at all. Right. So so there is a real understanding. Church and Jesus are kind of two different things. Right. Church doesn't save you. Right. right? I met Jesus Mm. and I met Jesus in the in my parents bedroom. I didn't actually start going to church. Like I had I read I read the Bible for a year. I was I was living the Christian life at that point, following the Lord all from the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know I was supposed to go to church. Like I didn't even know that, like that would be God's will for my life. It took an entire year of praying and walking with the Lord, just with scripture alone. And then the Holy spirit started convicting me to go to a church. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, I didn't even know. I was just like, Lord, is that what believers do? because in my mind i mean i'm like man jesus is this whole new thing like this is wild right this is great i was living the dream right living the relationship with christ 
not realizing he had a whole bunch of other people out there. <laughs> like this is what he does, right? <laughs> and so, like, yeah. uh, you know, it was just it was just unbelievable. And everything in in my experience with the Lord was new. I always tell people like, if you just sat down with Scripture and you and you had no backgrounds of the church at all, no denominational background, you just sat down with Scripture. I believe you would end up Pentecostal because yeah. I think that's what Scripture is going to lead you to. It's just going to naturally do. That's what ended up with me. I had no background of church. I had no denominational background. I just sat down and read the Scripture, and it's like everything was just as God was leading. This was just His unfolding of it what was happening. And it was just one step at a time. Right? It was just one step and everything was new. I remember the first time my sisters showed me there was Christian music. I mean, like our minds blew. Like we were like, like people sing about Jesus. <laughs> we were like, amazed, like we were amazed, right? This was all new, right? Like, yeah. I mean, so it's just, it was always, it's exciting, right? And so I, can, I think when I just want to tell people like, what you have in your mind about who Jesus is, he will find you, mm -hmm. right? The Holy spirit will lead you. And, and, uh, and I just kind of laugh because there's a lot of church people that, that try to kind of make church something else or whatever. And I'm just like, you just got to trust the Holy spirit more folks. Mm -hmm. and like, I mean, the Holy spirit yeah. does his job, right? He wow. does that work. And, and it's just like, you know, just love your relationship with the Lord. We're all going to come from different angles and different places. Yeah, exactly. You know? well, I exactly. I went on a rant about this last week, and I'll make it real short. And I'll say the church doesn't do a real good job of talking about the Holy Spirit. Most churches don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people go to church just because, you know, oh, that's the cute thing to do. And you know, there there's a whole spiritual aspect of this and the Holy Spirit and our spirit man for each one of us individually and all these things that that we need to pop the cork on for a lot of people. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, most people just don't know about it. Most people really don't. I know a lot of Christians that are good, very good people. They don't talk about the spirit. They don't talk about spirit spiritual things i mean jesus is their lord and savior and when their number's up they'll go and see him oh, yeah. but but that's the end of it well yeah. i'm not going to go on a rant I'll, I'll back off on my rant we'll make that we'll make that an upload an, up, an episode coming up sometime yeah uh, oh there's yeah. so much more i could say too but um we are getting close on time so um sometime though i want to share with you guys a dream that i had years ago didn't understand what it was because i had to live it before it became an understanding but uh now that i've lived it it, oh, it makes so much sense and it's not just for me it's for anybody but we'll do that another time mm -hmm. um but hey this was great tonight i'm glad we we did this and mm -hmm. um got to know both of you a little bit better too mm -hmm. and uh absolutely so it's really good. I hope that uh, all of you watching were able to get something out of it. Um, give us some feedback. Let us know. Leave a comment. Send us an email. Look us up on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. You guys on Twitter? No. <laughs> or X, as it's called now. No. <laughs> I'm not either. So, but Robert, anyway, Robert's not on anything. <laughs> I try to avoid all social media, but I'm told by several church folks that I'm supposed to be on there. So, well, I'm trying to get off. <laughs> I, I have been backing off 
big time from social media. Facebook's the only one left, and I'm almost completely off of that. Yeah. Um, and God is allowing me to come off of it. There was yeah. a time he wanted me to stay on. I didn't understand why, but now I do. But he's saying now you can you can back off. So yeah. I, I just see don't see the point in it anymore. It's not well, that's for another time. Okay. Great, great topic tonight. Great conversation. Uh thanks for sharing. And uh let's do this again next week. What do you say? Yeah. Before we go, this was episode 112, a podcast that I started listening to when I was coming out of that messianic movement. Um, I found a podcast called The God Journey, a guy named Wayne Jacobson. Okay, he wrote a, he's written a lot of books too. Um anyway, they were on episode like 100 and something back then, I think. They're on episode 900 and something now. And they've been doing it for almost 19 years. Wow. And oh, I wow. thought, wow. And then I went, wait a minute. This is 2023. So it was, oh my gosh, 17 years? Yeah, 17 years ago that I first started listening to them. So I started listening when they were about two years in, like we are about two years in. So we got a ways to go to catch up to them. But um, if you're looking for a good podcast, I highly recommend them. And those two guys are just phenomenal. The God Journey. So that's my plug for them. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Good night. Good night. Good night.